Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders one conversation at a time. Each week, we'll hear from top business professionals about lessons on leadership and entrepreneurship that they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Welcome back to Enterprising Podcast. Today we have in the studio Matt Goldstein, co-founder and chief strategy officer of DealMaker, a high-performance team-building solution that streamlines the capital-raising experience for investors and issuers alike. The company has been listed on Deloitte's Fast 50 Tech Companies to Watch and Fast Company's Best Workplaces for Innovators. Matt Goldstein, welcome to Enterprising Podcast. Thanks, Lana. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you. Let's start our conversation by having you tell us a little bit about DealMaker. What I want to know is what's the inspiration that led you and your team to create the company? Oh, great question. So let me rewind just in terms of my personal career. I was a lawyer in New York for years, and I ended up being a partner at an international law firm called Denton's, along with Rebecca Kasabi, who became my co-founder. We practiced law together, and we always looked at the way tech companies were innovating and bringing scalable solutions to the market. And a lot of our practice as lawyers was dealing with entrepreneurial founders, companies who were scaling, and just watching how they applied creative thinking to solving problems that were thorny and challenging and created value. So we set out to build a solution that leverage the principles that tech companies have been able to deliver over the last 10 years, which is innovative thinking, global mindset, solutions that scale. And it's been a very exciting journey over the last five, six years. That's so great. So great. I love that you saw this need and then you became innovators yourself, that you were able to hone in on what that need was for the clients you were serving. So I think that's great. In what ways have your professional relationships played a role in that success and really the success of DealMaker? So it starts with deep subject matter expertise. Rebecca and I understand the capital markets really, really well from both sides of the border. I'm still paying dues in the state of New York for my legal license there. And of course, in, from a global perspective, we've got people in a number of different countries. So having a very strong understanding of how the capital markets work as lawyers, it just became clear to us there's so much friction in between a buyer and a seller, right? When companies go out to raise capital... It's really just sales, isn't it, right? You're selling shares, you're selling bonds, you're selling securities. And all across the economy, sales has become easier and easier because of innovations like the internet. But the capital markets was one of the last holdouts where technology wasn't really being adopted and the regulations are complex and companies raising capital, which I'm sure you're familiar with, have to have either a prospectus or some big disclosure or register their shares. Otherwise, they can only sell to accredited investors. And you have this market where people might want to become owners and the companies who own the shares might want to sell the shares, but you have all this friction preventing a transaction from occurring. So we just said, listen, in the modern day and age where the internet breaks down barriers between buyers and sellers, you don't have to limit the sale of securities to a small pool of accredited investors anymore. You can use the internet to find people who are interested in buying your shares the same way companies use the internet for product marketing. And one of our first kind of marquee customers on the DealMaker Tech platform was the Green Bay Packers. 
So paradigmatic example, huge brand, hundreds of thousands of followers, they wanted to raise capital. They decided to go to their community. They have millions of people who follow them who want to become owners and they may want to buy one share, they may want to buy two shares. And so using our platform, they were able to convert their fans into owners through the sale of securities online, people buying from their mobile phones and using a credit card. You might buy something online, same way somebody might buy shoes online, they can buy shares. And that's really the mission of DealMaker. I love that. I mean, and I always think of the Packers as sort of the people's team, right? That's owned by the community. They're for the community, of the community, by the community. So I think that that is such a great example. And using that kind of leaning on that example, talk a little bit more about why would a founder wish to raise capital from their community? I mean, it seems rather obvious. And yet, to your point, it's not been done really before. So talk a little bit more about that. How does uh, another kind of company do that? Great question. So it, it hasn't been widely done, but if you think, if you step back and you think about it, every brand out there has some sort of a footprint, right? By definition, in order to be a brand, it has an email list. It has an Instagram following. It has people who are stakeholders in some way. It has traction in the market. It's been able to win trust. All of the things you have to do in order to be a successful company in the modern internet era are things that are going to be very helpful when you're raising capital. And so one way of answering your question, Lana, is... Founders would look to the internet and into online capital formation as a way to raise capital because they already know how to do this. They just don't realize it. They already know how to put content into the internet that their fans will see. They already know how to engage in an audience in a way that builds trust. They already know how to get people to believe enough in the value prop of what they're offering to put down their credit card and buy something online. And so if you're a founder, as a founder, you can achieve that. You can get people to buy your products online. You can get people to buy your shares online because fundamentally it's the same thing. It's just a sale. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And it's one of the few examples I can think of where you're actually turning social capital into financial capital. I talk a lot about social capital as being relationship money. This is taking that relationship money and actually quantifying it in a financial capital sort of way. So that's a very cool thing to do. So not only are you leveraging the relationships you have in general, but you're using this technology to make it so. So bravo. That's very neat. I think it's really the coming together of two things. First of all, e-commerce is a trend across the economy, making sales online, bringing people in online, breaking down those geographic barriers, not having to sell in person. It's that plus key regulatory developments in the capital markets that sometimes people refer to as crowdfunding, which really allowed these widespread campaigns to people who aren't necessarily accredited investors and aren't that small pocket of high net worth individuals and family offices who used to see all of the deals. It used to be that if you were going out to raise capital, you might hire an intermediary and they'd make a bunch of calls and you'd do a roadshow and you'd engage in a series of activities that were totally different from your day to day. And what we're saying is just do what you do every day. Every day you show up online. Every day you create content that's engaging. Every day you might have people asking a CEO questions on a webinar. Every day you might have a podcast and you open up the sale of securities alongside the sale of a product and you can let your customers become owners on the same day that they buy your product. 
And so talk to me about the logistics of that. So let's say my company has come to DealMaker. I'm now on your platform. Or I'm leveraging your platform. How do I then turn a customer relationship into an ownership relationship? Yeah. So whatever your website is, and our technology is fully white labeled. So it's always going to sit behind you. If somebody's buying a share from the Green Bay Packers, they're buying from Green Bay. They're not buying from us. We're just powering the transaction. So on your website, you've got what you're selling. You might be selling an e-bike. You might be selling shoes. It doesn't matter what you're selling. And then you've got a button that says, do you want to become an owner, right? Buy now if you want to become an owner. Or you might unlock it. Like you might have to be a customer that's a platinum customer. You might have to be a customer that gives an NPS, a net promoter score above a certain threshold. So you can choose how you want to promote the sale of the securities or how you want to invite people to become owners in the company. But it's fundamentally just a checkout. It's an online checkout. The same way you go to Amazon or you go to Shopify and you buy something with your mobile phone, you can buy shares the same way. That's that's our mission. So, it's, I mean, it's really democratizing this process of becoming an owner in anything. You right? got it. You got it. So cool. I want to go back to something you were talking about earlier. You, you mentioned that you were working for Denton's, the largest law firm in the world, I believe, I think still. And you were doing work around the world. I also know that you're an attorney both in the U.S. and Canada, and you've done a lot of cross-border work over the years. Can you talk a little bit about the differences and similarities in business etiquette that you've observed and what helped you to do business with a global mindset? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So first and foremost, the U.S. is the world's largest, most robust capital market. So for the formation of capital, the buying and selling of stocks and bonds, the U.S. is the world's kind of central marketplace. Every other market in the world is just smaller. But there are some really interesting innovations that have come out of the U.S., like the Jobs Act that was initially passed in 2012 and got amended in 2015 and really unlocked the what you forget as the democratization of capital raising that was really kickstarted by, by the Jobs Act. And, and that's what opened up the sale of securities to non-accredited investors and the marketing of securities to the public at large, the kind of public solicitation without being too technical about it. So the U.S. has really led in terms of the innovation in the capital markets, and it's done that because Congress, what's called the JOBS Act for a reason, Congress wanted to stimulate economic activity, and capital formation has a direct relationship with economic activity. You know, every entrepreneur who's trying to achieve something, having access to capital is a pretty important part of that. And so... Our company is set up to do business globally, in our view. Stakeholders are global. The borders don't matter. If you're Peloton or even Green Bay, I mean, if you're building a brand and you're using the internet to do that, your loyalists, your evangelists, your ambassadors, your customers are global, right? And so we want to be able to follow the global trend in e-commerce and empower entrepreneurs to sell shares in every jurisdiction to the same extent they can sell their product in every jurisdiction. So great. So great. And on a little different note, what's something you're working on now that you're especially excited about? Well, so a number of large brands, it's very on point, a number of large brands have come to us and said, we've done really well raising capital in the US. We're starting to develop our product in the UK. Can you help us enter the UK market to sell shares? Because It was kind of a hypothetical, but there's really interesting techniques out there where founders will sell a product and a share at the same time. If you buy a case of beer, you get a share. Wow. If you buy, yeah, yeah. So really uniting those two worlds of product marketing and capital raising. 
because for all the reasons I said before, like it's really fundamentally the same thing. And so we're working on our globalization strategy and supporting US-based founders and building communities in the UK as well. So fun. Well, so what advice do you have for innovators who are facing challenges in their work? Are there specific ways that you've overcome obstacles and emerged as a stronger leader yourself or for DealMaker? Yeah. And usually the specific context in which we get questions is about raising capital and, oh, it seems so hard and there are all these barriers and I've got lawyers and there's Y Combinator and there's a safe and blah, blah, blah. And you probably hear that too, right? So we always tell people, listen, one step at a time, right? Believe in yourself. Believe that you can do this. Believe that you can find people to invest in your company the same way you believe that people will buy your product. You take the same self-belief that you take into product marketing and you bring that into capital raising and we'll help you understand the sequence and the steps and step one, have a brand and step two, have a fair pricing strategy and step three, do your disclosures. It's all laid out pretty simply, but if you have that self-belief and you know that what you're doing creates value for other people, then there's no reason you can't successfully offer shares to the public and raise capital from your own community. You don't necessarily need to go out and hire an intermediary to raise money for you from people you don't know. Yeah, uh, that's super inspirational. I love it. Is there a specific piece of advice that you and your partner received as you were getting your business off the ground? I have to think back to the very, very early days because the evolution of the company today from when it started, it's like sometimes I'll say to people, when you start walking, suddenly the path appears, right? So momentum is the most important thing for early stage companies. Just every day, grow a little bit, take another step, keep marching and the path appears. Or another one that stayed with me is the image of in the early days, especially coming from capital markets, we had enough expertise that going into entrepreneurship, you can see a little bit of light into the cave because the light streams in from the outside. But the deeper you go and the darker it is, you reach a point where your eyes adjust because you're moving in incrementally, but to everyone else, it's pitch black, right? So you develop the ability to see in the dark if you keep taking incremental steps towards your goal. And so it's another version of fear is real, fear exists, but if you have a strategy, you move forward relentlessly regardless. And I think that's really important for people to remember because I think people find the highest and best versions of themselves when they have the courage to go out and create. And it's so important to Rebecca and I as founders that we're empowering other founders to go out and create and capital formation is a big, big part of that. I love that. I love that. Well, Matt, there's one question that I ask of every guest and I want to ask it of you as well. If there was one person that you could meet for a cup of coffee, whether they're living, not living, fictional or non-fictional, who would it be and why? Oh, okay. I don't know how much other people will connect to this, but I use a lot of sports analogies as we build our team and we have 115 people. And so it's not the early days where you kind of can conjole everybody using the force of your own personality. You need real management techniques. So I always think about sports and sports teams. And there's a, there's a legendary coach who, if I could, I'd, I'd love to sit down and think about his strategies and motivating a team and building a team and achieving a goal and developing a mission and developing a culture and really bringing bringing that winning mentality and winning mindset because, yeah, I find mindset to be very, very important. I love that we share. Who is it? Arsene Wenger from Arsenal FC. Nice. Nice. That's very fun. Very fun. A little bit obscure European Premier League soccer, but that's who it is for me. 
That's super fun. Well, I have loved learning about you and learning about DealMaker. I so appreciate you coming on Enterprising Podcast. Matt Goldstein, where can people go to learn more about you and about DealMaker? DealMaker.tech. We've laid it out on the website, DealMaker.tech. That's where you'll find us and that's where you can fill in a form and someone will get back to you. Fabulous. Thanks so much for being on Enterprising Podcast. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.